0: Psalms chapter 34, beginning in verse 1, a psalm of David. The prologue reads, When he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and departed, David writes these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3, he continues, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Anybody ever been there? And saved him out of all of his troubles. Finally, he ends up here, just this first portion the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Just so lay your Bibles down, your device, whatever you've got there. Would you lift a hand with me and pray one more time? Lord, we love you this afternoon. Thank you for enabling us, allowing us, Lord, to come back into your presence, God. We're praying for the remainder of this service. I pray, Lord, over this word that you've spoken into my heart, God. I pray, Lord. The ability to communicate this gospel message, to communicate this word to people today. God, I pray. Lord, I bind the spirit of distraction, I take authority, God, over every spirit of hindrance, and I release, God, your perfect will in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap before you're seated this morning? I told Sister Staten a few minutes ago that as I, she came and asked me a question, I said this turned out to be much more complicated than I thought it would be. And so I need this afternoon to spend some time setting for you the background and the setting of what's going on here. As We're going to read another portion of Scripture here in just a moment. But the writer of this 34th Psalm, David, the, the killer of giants, the man that we know anointed by the great prophet Samuel, to be king of Israel, has fled from the palace in fear for his life. His own father-in-law, imagine that, King Saul, has made it very clear to David that there can only be one sheriff in this town, and you're not it, David. And so this angry king, this angry father-in-law, has literally tried on multiple occasions to kill his own son-in-law. What are you going to do? I mean, my goodness, you think your family's bad. This is probably a really bad situation. And so this anointed man of God, this one who's had the oil poured over his head, this man who is the sweet psalmist of Israel, the one that they're singing songs about, the one that's got all of this praise, what does this man of God, going? what is he going to do in fear for his life? So David That anointed man of God does what all men in danger do. He runs away. Somebody said the brave die young. And those that want to survive the king just run away. And so I kind of looked at this a little bit and said, wait a minute. David doesn't just simply go home, nor does he return to his family. He doesn't go find Jesse, his father, or any of his brothers. But David runs away, and he gets completely out of the country. Wait a minute, David, you're the sweet psalmist of Israel. You're you're, you're anointed to be king, and now you're you're, you're so scared you're not even just going to get out of town. You're not going to go to the next county. You're going to go to the next country. So I'm sure David ties his favorite bandana and puts it on a stick like the old runaway kid does, and he runs all the way down to the Philistine city of Gath. Can you imagine the desperation in this man, in this psalmist, in this child of God? Can you imagine that he's going to run all the way down into a foreign country, then to the enemy's camp? And in his desperation, this man of God trying to find refuge, trying to find safety, trying to find a home in the midst of his enemies. I can't even wrap my mind around all of this. David runs to Of all places, I can't just really, I find it hard even to tell you, of all the places that he can run to, he runs to the hometown. He runs to the birthplace of Goliath of Gath, the giant. Tell your neighbor that's some crazy stuff. Jerry Springer could do a, a series on that one. That wouldn't even be a show. And so David has ran away, and he's, he's fled in fear, and seemingly he, he succeeded in getting away from, from Saul. And no doubt David is thinking, this is the last place on earth that Saul is going to come looking for me. I'm like, wow, can you imagine, really? I mean, you know, you talk about jumping out of the pan into the fire. This is really what David is doing. But if you will turn with me, they'll, hopefully they'll put it on the screen. First Samuel chapter 21 I want to pick up the story now. David is facing not just the threat of King Saul, but another threat. First Samuel chapter 21, verse 11, and the servants of Achish said unto him, "Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances? saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David laid up these words in his heart, and he was sore afraid. How much more afraid can you get? I mean, for crying out loud, you're, you're, you're facing danger of death every day, and here you run to the worst place you could possibly run. And now, because all, all of these people are recognizing you, you're even more afraid. Than, your fear's got fear. He was sore afraid of Akish, the king of Gath, and he, listen to this, he changed his behavior before them, and he feigned himself mad. He acted like he was a crazy man, and he, he scrabbled on the doors of the gate. He began to write with his finger just ineligible things, and he began to let the, the spit fall down through his beard, and, and they thought he was crazy. And so now David has gone from this one great threat to multiple threats. And David's fear is beginning to escalate. And it's beginning to give birth to new fear and new worry and new trepidation. And he's really concerned that not only about Saul, but now his fear is about Abimelech. Abimelech is another name that would be given to Achish in the Psalms, he calls him he calls him Abimelech, but in Samuel, he calls him Achish because like the, the Pharaoh would just be called Pharaoh, Abimelech was what they called the king of the Philistines. And so now he's fearful of Abimelech that, one, he's going to get him, he's going to turn him over to Saul. And then he, he said, you know, that, that that may not be the worst thing. Maybe Abimelech will kill me. I mean, after all, I'm the guy who killed the giant, Goliath. But that's not even enough. He's got fear multiplying. he said, you know what? What could be worse than all of this is that Abimelech will put me in prison and use me as a political bargaining chip. I can just feel the pressure multiplying, and and, and I can just imagine what's going on. And, And they're like, no, 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 that looks like David. No, no, it's not David. I'm a crazy man. And he began to, and I won't demonstrate for you, but he began to let spit run down his face Somebody say thank you. And he began to act like he was crazy and act like he was mad. And, and, and it works because I, I can't even believe it. You, you can't make this stuff up. It works because Abimelech gets mad at the people that bring David to him and said, this man's crazy. This man's insane. What do I got to get him out of here? That stuff might be Contagious. And so David's been delivered, and David's been saved. David's been spared from the wrath of Saul and the vengeance of the king of Gath, and all of this is going on. And I began to look at that and said, how do these two passages work together? What what is the connection here? What's the difference? What's going on here? Well, I got a crazy man scratching on the city gate and letting his spit run down his face, and he's probably limping and dragging imagine dragging his foot and acting like he's crazy and looks like he's in a Pentecostal church talking in tongues. But I want to point out that as David begins to write this 34 Psalm, it has two very unique characteristics. In fact, the first thing I would tell you is that this psalm is written after the fact. David isn't writing the psalm while this is going on. David is writing this retrospectively, and he begins at some point in the future, the great psalmist, the the king of Israel, sits down and begins to take an account of his own actions. And the old adage for David is true that hindsight is clearer, and he's beginning to look at this and see. And as readers, it shouldn't be hard for us to understand that when fear gets a hold of you, when you begin to deal with circumstances that are beyond your control, that none of us act the way that we might want to or that we even think we should. They say when the pressure is applied that you're going to do things out of character. You're going to do things just a little bit differently. But the second fact that I found out about this psalm as I began to study is that it's not just a psalm, but the theologians refer to this particular psalm as an acrostic psalm. Well, what does that mean, Brother Roberts? What's an acrostic? Well, an acrostic is po- a poem or it's written in poetic form. It's literally or really, it's a word puzzle, and it's a thing that you've all done with our children. You know, A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for car, and you get, the, you get the idea, right? And, and it becomes a little song or a little rhyme that you help your baby understand something. And so uh, just a little bit of background here that acrostics are not hidden codes. They're they're literary literary compositions in which the writer has used some or all of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet as initial letters for a sequence. Put that second slide up for me, Sister Simone. You can see what I'm talking about. And so in Old Testament poetry the acrostic writing and especially here in the 34th psalm each line or each stanza of all 22 verses begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet now I got to tell you I can't speak Hebrew I can't speak it spell it write it or understand it somebody gave me a book years ago and I I opened up how to, how to read Hebrew and the, the call, and the pole and the tull and the the nuances, and you can say the same word seven times and have seven different meanings. And I said, uh, "Bam, I don't want to deal with that." But, but. It's not, it's Greek to me, right? And so this, this idea, each one of those. And so if you could look at, maybe it's not written this way in your Bible, but if you go on a website, you can look and you can see that letter before the first verse and the, a letter before the second verse. And, a, and throughout this entire psalm, it's written that way. And so theologians tell us that this literary form is intended as an aid for memory or more likely it's a poetic way of saying something that's covering an entire subject. In our, in, our, in our English world, we would say it's covering something from A to Z. And if we were to write an acrostic poem in English, it may sound something like this. A is for Almighty. B is for His beauty. C is because He's my comforter. D is because He's the deliverer. Come on, somebody, he is an everlasting God, and so on for each letter. And we've got to understand that. And so what's going on here, Brother Roberts? David, in his own way and in a different format, is trying to answer a question for us. I believe that somewhere David was embarrassed about how David acted. If you go back and begin to read the rest of that chapter, you would find that David runs to a priest and begins to look for a sword, and he's begging for bread. And all of this seems very much to be out of character to me of the man David. I know that he's scared. I know there's fear. I know there's trepidation. But something really is wrong when David is willing to eat the showbread, and David is willing to take the only sword available to him, which was the sword of Goliath. What's going on? I don't understand. But if you take that 34th Psalm and just read it, it's great. It's it's a wonderful Psalm. They're great verses of Scripture, and they bring great comfort. But if you begin to break them down in an acrostic form and understand that there's something going on here that's bigger than what's meeting the eye, you're going to understand what what is David trying to do. David's trying to compose for us several thousand years later. This is what a redeemed person looks like. This is how you live a life of redemption. Amen. I think we've all been there somehow, sometimes. We said something, done something, maybe several somethings, maybe a lot of things that just seemed out of character for us, and we were embarrassed about it. And somehow I think that David stepped back at some moment in time and said, what in the world is going on? That's not me. I don't act like that. I don't live like that. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the king. I'm anointed. I'm a man of God. This is not how I live my life. But the only connection between 1 Samuel chapter 21 and this beautiful psalm that is written in great poetic form is the prologue that says when he got before Abimelech that David changed his behavior. What are you talking about, Brother Roberts? I want to preach for just a few more minutes on what a redeemed life looks like. I wish I could tell you that I acted the way I should act in every setting. I wish I could tell you that I'd always done the right thing and always always reacted the right way when something happened, but it's just not true. And so I'm not mad at David, but as I began to look at this, and I'm not going to get through all 22 of these, but if you begin to look, you're going to see there are some characteristics. There are some some rules that go to the life of the redeemed. A is for Almighty. B is because of his beauty. C is because his compassions are never going to fail. Come on, D is because he's my deliverer. Come on, somebody. You can jump up to H and say he's my high tower. You can go to N and say he's got a name that's above every name. You can run to S and get out of order and say he's my salvation. But in the middle of all of his fear, David forgot who God was. I'm not mad at him. Somebody throwing javelins at me, I'm not gonna stand there and take it like a man. You remember when we were kids getting a a fight on the playground? Hit me. That's a stupid thing to say. No, no, you hit me first. No, you hit me first. What is wrong with you? Stop it. Don't ask somebody to hit you, you might get what you asked for. It's gonna hurt. Don't be, don't be dumb, okay? Your mother taught you better than that. If Johnny jumps off the cliff, are you going to jump off the cliff too? Your mother told you. But what David was trying to do, he said, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than just David because everybody is going to be where I've been. And I want you to understand that there are some characteristics that go with the life of a child of God. And so he began to look at the first letter in the Hebrew and he said, you know what? I want you to understand. you got to see what verse 1 says. Verse 1 says, you know what? He said, I will. will. What? Put verse 1 up for me, sis. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. What are you talking about, David? What what are you talking about, psalmist? Uh, David said, you know what, my point is, uh, I want you to understand something. The life of a redeemed person is always characterized by worship of God. I don't care about pandemic. I don't care about Saul. I don't care about Gath. If you're a redeemed person, you got to know A is for apple and B is for ball. But my life is a life of worship. I'm a worshiper. Not just sometimes. Not just when I feel like it. Not just at church. But I am a worshiper of almighty God. No, no, no. He's going to start right here. I can't tell you what the first letter is. It looks like Hebrew and Greek to me. But David said it all starts right here where I made my mistake. I forgot who I was. And I, I'm the sweet psalmist of Israel. I'm anointed to be king. I'm a servant of God. I sang and played my harp countless nights under the stars, and the first javelin knocked me out of what I know to do, and my worship turned into terror, and my worship turned into running, and I come to preach to somebody that this pandemic is not who you are. Staying at home and watching church on TV is not who you are. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I was created to worship him. I was created to give high praise. Come on, somebody. Worship is not about you. But fear makes everything about you. We live in the most self-centered society in the world. Now, I don't have Twitter, and I don't have TikTok and all that. I don't know. I don't have all that stuff. But I got Facebook, and I got it for a specific reason, all right? And I, and I, I got it because there's some information I want off of it. I want to be a better fisherman. That's horrible, ain't it, Brother Roberts? That's what I got it for, all right? And, and I got it so I can connect with family that lives thousands of miles away that I can't see. And some of you that sent me friend requests, don't be mad at me because I won't accept them. I'm not mad at but Understand, there's a a purpose in that. But I I hate, Pastor, I hate sitting at home in my pajamas watching church. And there's just something that just got in my cross and said, this is not who I am. I mean... You can sit there with your hair unbrushed and your fuzzy slippers on and you can sit there and it's convenient and it's, but that's not who you are. That is not who you are but it begins when you recognize I am a worshiper. I am a praiser. I was created to lift up God. I was created to... And it begins with a choice. David said, I will at all times. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm not going to do it sometimes. I'm going to do it all the time. I'm going to do it without ceasing, not just when pastor tells me to oh come on somebody in the middle of a pandemic uh, his praise is going to be in my mouth uh, in the middle of social injustice his praise is going to be in my mouth uh, when I don't agree with what's going on his praise is going to no matter what my opinion is my pra- his praise is going to be you can't go on to the second letter in the alphabet until you get the first one it's not going to do you any good to move on it's a simple acrostic. It's to remind David and to remind those that are going to come after him, his praise has got to be in my mouth. Don't let fear make you forget who you are. Don't let fear make you forget what you were created for. You were created for, to worship. You were created to exalt. You were created to lift up. You were created to pray. You see, trouble is going to come. It's going to come into every life. And it doesn't make any sense to the natural man. And so when the natural man gets surrounded by fears, worship, seems like insanity. He's back to scribbling on the gate. And David is looking at that. Somehow he's taking an assessment of himself and goes, that's not me. I don't, I don't understand. How, how did, that's not how the redeemed live. That's not, no, 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 no. That's not how, but see, David didn't understand. It's really not just about David. David began to, to write this psalm, and if you look at it in English, it's just words on a piece of paper, but if you looked at it in the Hebrew, there'd be the first letter, and the second letter, and the third letter, and over the years, those Hebrews, they began to teach it to their children, and they began to make that a rhyme, and a song, and a poetic thing, and those little hebrew boys they got taken down into captivity and that king said it's time for you to bow down when the when the music sounds you bow down and those boys have been taught to hear o israel the lord our god is one and those boys have been taught to, you're not going to serve another god and they said no no a is for apple a is for almighty and i'm not going to bow down before you O king even Come on, I'm talking about fear that grips us. Don't misunderstand me. I'm for every precaution that we're taking. I believe we need to be cautious like Pastor said, but not fearful. Because fear will change and make you forget who you are. I was made to worship. I was made to be in the house of God. I was made to lift him up. I was made for his glory. But those boys said, King, we're not going to bow. You're not going to bow? No, we ain't going to bow. Well, I'm going to kill you. Well, we ain't going to bow. What? See, David said, I acted this way, but you don't have to. I went through this, but you don't have to. Oh, come on. Isaiah began to show us a picture. As apostolics, we understand this. Worship is always in order. But the truth is, sometimes it's easier to complain than it is to give thanks. I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. I'm upset about this. I don't like this. And we throw our opinion out there. It's all political. It's all, and you can do whatever you want to do with it, and that's fine. But I wasn't made to complain. I wasn't made to whine. I was made to worship. I was made to praise. I was made to lift him up. I was made to thank the Lord. I was made to give him glory. That's who I am. And I'm not going to let fear take away who I am. I don't need the sword of Goliath. I don't need the showbread. I need the house of God. I need the presence of God. Amen. But if the only place, if the only place you can worship is in this building, you missed out on who you are. Yeah. David got in that situation. He backed around. He said, Wait, what's going on? Something going on." To- This ain't me. This is not how I do it. So I'm making a choice. I'm not going to give honor to fear. I'm going to give honor to God. I wish somebody would just magnify God. I wish somebody would just worship the Lord. Come on, David's got a recipe. A is for Almighty. A is for worship. I will. It's my choice. It's my commitment. My humanity says, oh, no, you got to run. And I'm telling you, running is a good thing at times. I believe in separation. I believe in separation. If there's a snake right there, I'm making separation. Mm -hmm. Love y'all. Love your baby, but if it's between me, you heard me say if your baby is between me and safety, that's my footprint in their backside. I'm sorry. I will be repenting for a long time, but don't get your baby between me and safety. I believe in that. But I don't want All of the churn and the fear. I'm tired of jumping out of the pan and into the fire. I'm tired of running from Saul and running from Gath and worrying about what's going to happen. I was made to worship. He's the Almighty. He's indescribable in his beauty. He's my comforter. He's my deliverer. He's the everlasting God. He's a faithful God. He's got goodness and mercy. Come on, somebody. I was made for this. The second thing that David says, that David does rather, is he changed his behavior, but not for the better. I told you that the only thing that connects 1 Samuel 21 in this psalm is the prologue at the beginning of that psalm that says David changed his behavior before Abimelech. David acted different out there than he would in here. David acted different before the kings of the world than he does before the king of kings. Now, you've got to understand something. Danger and fear will always cause men to change their behavior. It's just a fact of life. It's just what it is. But I believe that David wrote this in that poetic form so that somebody can understand, wait a minute, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That, that is just, that's just not me. And so as men began to change their behavior... Just because the world around them is changing. Can I tell somebody don't change your behavior just because circumstances are changing? Don't let don't don't let the world take away your song. Don't let the world take away your worship. Don't let the world take away your identity as a worshiper. I know it might be my living room. I know it might be the bedroom, but I was made to worship. I know I don't like to, to worship while I'm watching on TV, but I wish somebody who's watching from home will just lift a hand this is not who you are this is amen, amen, amen. don't let the pandemic change your behavior I am a worshiper and I will worship Hallelujah. come on I'm not going to run away from everything in this world I'm not going to run away from every fear but I am going to worship God yes. Hallelujah. oh come on Come on, the sweet psalmist is running in fear because he's gripped with terror. But I want someone to understand, I'm not mad at David. I would most likely run away. But if somehow that word of God could get, A hey, is for almighty. What? Where are you going? A is for almighty. Oh, man, I'm scared. B is for his beauty. I got to go, I got to go, I got to get away. No, no, see, it's because he's my comforter. No, 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 I, I'm scared, I'm scared. It's not just Saul. Now it's the king of Gath and all of these other people. They recognize me. He is because he's everlasting. Amen. And somewhere David said, this is going to cause me to turn around. This is going to cause me because my behavior can't betray me. Amen. A little tie changed his behavior too many people come to church and live one way and walk out the door and live another way and this pandemic has began to expose that and you'd say one thing in here and you'd do another thing out there but the bible says it ought not be so he said that you shouldn't have two springs coming out of the same well but you ought to be a child of god in whatever circumstance. I'm a worshiper. I'm a praiser. And when when the world is around, I'm not going to change my behavior. Because a guest shows up, I'm going to not stop. It's a spirit of intimidation. We get around our dinner table at home. Oh, God bless us. Thank you for blessing my family. We get out in the restaurant. Jesus, bless you. Amen. Come on, you know it's the truth. Somebody's going to be sitting down at dinner in a restaurant real soon. They're going to go, A is for Almighty. B is for his beauty. C is because he gave me courage. D is because he's going to deliver me. A is because he's everlasting. And F is, come on, somebody, I want to preach. Don't change your behavior just because your circumstance changed. Don't change who you are. I'm a worshiper. I worship God. I was born and created to lift him up. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. No, 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 no. This is how the redeemed live. David looked back after he was delivered, David looked back after acting crazy saved him. And said, no, no, that wasn't acting crazy. That was stupidity. God had mercy, even because I, even when I forgot who I was, and even when I changed my behavior, God had mercy on me. And David said, This ain't ever going to happen again. I believe somewhere in David's spirit, David said, You know what? This is never going to happen to me again. A is for Almighty, B is because, C is because, yeah. I'm on, He's my salvation, He's my rock. Yeah. You watch it. You begin to read those Psalms, and He becomes more expressive. He comes before I don't care if I'm in the palace or I'm in the dungeon I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus I'm going to worship my God I'm going to praise my king the redeemed don't change their behavior Daniel prayed every day at that open window twice a day and the circumstance changed can I tell you pastor the law changed Don't you do it. Don't you do it. But old Daniel, he walked over and opened the door, and he kneeled down and said, I am a worshiper, and began to magnify the Lord and began to praise God. He said, you know what? The circumstance might change, but my behavior will not. I wish I had some help in this place. My behavior is not going to change. Oh, my soul is going to make some boasts in the Lord. Made up my mind. No matter what happens to me in this life, I'm a worshiper. No matter what happens to me in this life, I'm a praiser. No matter what happens to me in this life, I'm not going to change my behavior. Well, it's so inconvenient to come to church. It's my behavior. It's not just what I do. It's my identity. It's who I am. Fear caused David to run from one bad situation right into a, a a worse situation. And if you let fear get a hold of you, you're going to lose your identity. David, the worshipper, is reduced to David, the madman. David, the praiser, is reduced to David, the insane man, foaming at the mouth, scratching illegible things. David, that's not who you are. David, that's not what you do. You're the sweet psalmist. You're the worshipper. You're the come on, David. Be true. To who you are, magnify the Lord. Oh no, the pandemic. Oh no, the pandemic. Please don't misunderstand me. I really am not trying to make light of it. I think we should do everything that we should, but I refuse to let fear change my Amen. behavior. I refuse to let a circumstance make me act like something that I'm not. But the third point, and I'm not going to go any further. David, in the third verse, again, I don't know the letter. It's definitely not A, B, C. Maybe it's call, pull, toll, I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is that happened or however the, the, wording is written in the hebrew david said oh magnify the lord with me let us exalt his name together now i've been apostolic for a minute now and i love the word magnify you know you've heard it pastor is the greatest praise preacher in in pentecost it, seemed, it just means to make something big or to make something great. And David is using this unique word. When you, use, when you magnify something, you're going to make it big. You're going to show it to be something great. You want to show off its beauty and make sure that it can be seen. And so no matter what, no matter what happens, the redeemed have to magnify the Lord. Now, if you're smart, how many of you ever bought a diamond? I have. All you men better have your hands up, Lord Jesus. I, I have bought a couple, so I am not an expert. But if you're smart, you don't just go buy a diamond. When you shop for a diamond, you got to think about the cut and the cl- color and the clarity and, and, and the size and how many carats it is. And those are all questions that got to be asked, right? But one of the things the jeweler understands about his precious gem is that it just doesn't always look that impressive. I mean, the diamond is pretty. Some of you girls are like, uh uh-uh. uh, oh, it doesn't. All right. But that jeweler is not interested in your appreciation of their diamond. They want you to buy it. And so they don't just hand you a diamond so you can see the beauty all by yourself. But first, there's a couple things that a jewelry store will always do. First, they always have great lighting. They want those jewels to shine. They want want them to sparkle. And so when when they begin to show off those jewels, they'll take that diamond out of the case, out of the drawer, and they will usually take a piece of black velvet. They want the darkest... Backdrop that they can get. They want a great contrast, and they lay that diamond out there with the bright light shining on it against the back, the big black back backdrop. And they want to show you the beauty. They want you to appreciate it. And what the jeweler understands is the darker the background, Bishop. You said it this morning. The more, nah, the darker the background, the more that jewel is going to shine. The dark. Come on, somebody. I know it's a dark day. I know they've shut the doors on the church. But somebody, I got through A and I got to B. But now I'm getting to see I want somebody to know how you got to make sure you get it in the right perspective. What the pandemic wants to get between you and the great diadem. The pandemic wants to get between you and the light. But what the jeweler would never do, he would never put the backdrop on top of the on top of the, the valuable thing, he's always going to make sure the value is put between you and the backdrop. And so David said, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me!" I'm telling somebody the the coronavirus has made itself in between you and God. You got to make sure you switch it around and get God facing the backdrop. Because the darker it is, the brighter He's gonna shine. Yeah. David said, "This is not who I am. I am a worshipper, and somehow I let the darkness get between me and the light." Oh, oh, oh. you need to read the Bible. The Bible said a great light has appeared to them and it shined into the darkness and the darkness couldn't understand it. You know what? That oh, All of this stuff wants to get between you and God and it's going to cause you to act like somebody you're not and to behave like somebody you're not. But when you get to the place where A is for almighty and B is for beauty and C is for comfort and compassion, then you're going to understand i got to put it in the right perspective. Oh, Brother Roberts, I get it, I get it. No, 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 you don't get it. No, no, I get it. No, no, you don't get it. Why? Because every time you turn on the news, every time you turn on the radio, they're trying to put the backdrop between you and the light. They're trying to propagate fear. They're trying to propagate terror. They're trying to come on. You've gone from Saul to Akish. You've gone from Saul to Abimelech. You've gone from the pan to the fire. And all they want to do is pump fear and terror, but not me. I'm turning up the light. I'm making sure the backdrop is in the back and the light is in the front. David said, that's not who I am. I'm a magnifier. Hallelujah. Somebody give me that magnifying glass. I'm going to make the things of God bigger. I'm going to make the. Oh. oh, I don't need the house of God. Yes, you do. I'm okay, I'm okay in my fuzzy slippers and my jammies watching on TV. No, you're not. You're not. You've got to magnify the things of God. David said, come. oh, come let us. What you need to understand is worship. Hear this preacher, Brother Andre, come and play. Worship is a unifier. Oh, come let us. Magnify the Lord together. No, 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 Fear is a separator. Fear says you're black, you're white, you're yellow, you're brown, you're red. <laughs> but worship says, I'm a child of God. Worship says, I'm a son of the King. Worship says, quit running away and stand. Come on somebody, I'm a worshiper. A is for Almighty, B is because he's beautiful, C is because he's got comfort, I got an S for salvation, I've got the power of God in my life, I've got hope, come on somebody, can I get an H for somebody, I was running away, I was in terror and I was in fear, and somehow it began to appeal to me, oh God, I'm not okay in my living room, pastor you look great on camera. But I'm not okay in my living room. That is not who I am. Fuzzy slippers don't belong in church. I'm sorry. You have to forgive me and get over it at some point. Come barefoot if you have to, but fuzzy slippers just ain't okay. Because that's not who you are. Don't let your behavior change because of a circumstance. But oh, somewhere... Don't let the fear of this world, don't let the circumstance of the day reduce your praise to a little light hand clap. Don't let it reduce you to, I just paid attention, but left somewhere. Somebody's got to get some backbone and say, I will. I'm going to praise God. It's going to be a continual thing for me. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a sometime thing, but I am a worshiper. I am a praiser. I'm not going to let this world change my behavior. I'm going to still pray. I'm going to still read my Bible. I'm still going to fast. I'm still going to be there when I can, when the church is open. Why? Because it's not about me, because I am a unifier. I watched, I watched yesterday, somebody, several people posted. Brother Jackson, I'm not even sure where he was. He was Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going I'm gonna wait